I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello there. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. I'm Mike Connors, coming at you once again through the Holonet with uh, my co-pilot, the person who's always here by my side, Christian Buckley. How are you today? I'm doing swell, Mike. Thank you for asking. How are you on this uh, Alderaan sunny day? I don't know where I was going. Honestly, yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 idyllic outside, idyllic looking outside, just like Alderaan. Um, Actually, George Lucas, he based Alderaan's concept off of Massachusetts. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you re- if you read the Star Wars Episode Three book, you'll find out that that's actually a true fact. Just kidding. Um, but I'm good, man. How are you? Like, I've, I actually just recently watched The Phantom Menace uh, yesterday just because I was bored. And that's what I did. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, I um haven't been consuming it. Actually, that's a lie, because you know we had we had a, a week in between, so True. two bad batch episodes down. Um, watched the newest episode again this morning, and then played a little bit of Squadrons, which we can get to because mm. that's free now on PS yeah. Plus. But yeah, I've been um trying to keep myself on top of the Star Wars game, so. Nice. Yeah, we did take a we did take a week off, um, but we're back today, and we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch episode that we missed last week. Uh, I think it was called Cornered, episode four, and then uh, also episode five, Rampage today. So, got that to look forward to later on in the episode. But Christian, you said that you were playing Star Wars Squadrons because it was free on PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've personally never played this game before, uh, and not only did you say that you played it on ps on playstation but you played it in the vr headset as well so can you give us some impressions sure yeah so to be fair i only played about 20 30 minutes of it so i didn't even get finished with the first mission um yeah uh and part of my day was you know unboxing my psvr setting that all up because that was a, a task and i was already a fan of vr right and there was the battlefront x-wing mission that you could download for Battlefront 1. That was a VR thing, and you got to okay. escort, like, K2SO and uh, somebody else, like, pre-Rogue One. Um, so... Where'd I, you, wh- where did you play that? Like, what was that on? That was on PSVR as well. It was a... Oh, it was on PSVR. It was okay. DLC for Battlefront 1. Um, gotcha. So, like, I've already had a taste of Star Wars in VR, uh, but this Squadrons, we know, is super dedicated. We want to make this a flight sim game, essentially. And... From my short time with it, I can tell you now, because of the VR mode, I will probably play this whole campaign. Um, because from my knowledge, it's not too long, but uh, just being in these ships, dude, it's just so cool. Because they start you in mission one, you create your pilot for the Empire and Rebellion. The first mm-hmm. mission, you uh, hop in a TIE fighter, you fly around like some star destroyers to calibrate everything check your sensors um and then you fly off to some spaceport post alderaan explosion to like snuff out the remaining rebels of alderaan the refugees and you get into this big like dogfight in this space station you're shooting down x-wings that's sick your commanding officer defects to the rebellion and then it uh cuts to the rebellions were receiving a transmission from these uh people who were just attacked and then you 
sort of go through the same motions of okay now you're in the x-wing now you're your rebel pilot and you're learning the differences for like testing your sensors because you know it's it's dedicated to we want to be an accurate representation of the ships the physics of everything of how star wars works so there are differences from tie fighters and x-wings uh i haven't yeah. had a ton of time in the x-wing but it's it's great the music the set piece all of it's amazing the vr elevates it like 10 times but i really like what i played so you basically play the same scenario once from the empire's perspective and and then again from the rebellion's perspective just to get a feel for like how both sides operate in a way pretty much yeah and i think moving forward in the the campaign there is like some missions for empire some for rebellion i don't know how it's split up but you play as both so so the the thing about battlefront 2 that we've talked about on this podcast before christian is just the fact that when i play it personally it makes me feel like i'm in star wars in a way i imagine that this is probably a similar feeling um especially since you're playing it in vr like do you like do you really feel like you're like in the cockpit of a tie fighter or something like that yes like obviously i know that the vr has a bit of right. trickery there because i've i've had this headset for like a couple of years so i'm used to like the vr legs i got that uh mm-hmm. but it is really uh immersive you know i'm obviously past the point of vr completely tricking me but it's very immersive and because of the music because of the way people are talking like uh you're gonna love this okay so when i got thrown into the x-wing right and then we're receiving this transmission yeah. remember this mission takes place basically middle of episode four right uh my pilot on the dashboard we get a little hologram pop up to tell us about our mission and it's admiral akbar being like we were saying the transmission <laughs> rebels in danger we need help like it was, it was super <laughs> cool it makes you feel like you're there for sure that's cool yeah i mean personally i haven't had much experience with vr so every single time i do it it's almost like it's almost like magic to me i understand that like if somebody has it like you who's used it a few times mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe you kind of get past the point of it like tricking you like you said but like it's still definitely magical. that's still really cool oh for sure yeah i mean just seeing like seeing the the gameplay of it um and then just like letting your mind do the rest and thinking like oh like what would this look like in vr it's probably incredible it's it seems like a very immersive experience yeah um, for sure i'll say psvr not the best headset available right it's a little blurry yeah um more than anything i was already considering getting like an oculus quest 2 because it's better than psvr it's only 300 bucks you don't need a pc with it and it has like the galaxy's edge game it has vader immortal and like a better form so getting the taste of star wars vr again i'm definitely considering doing an upgrade this year i think but yeah if you have playstation plus i would say it's recommend downloading as a star wars fan it's free even if you don't have vr mm-hmm. the setup is cool it's a cool immersive game if you if you like the pilot side of star wars but um yeah i will definitely play more of it for sure yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Honestly, I I haven't even got the chance to play Squadrons myself. I'm like a fake Star Wars fan, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, something about it like doesn't really like grasp me as much as like the Fallen Order does, but I'm sure I'll get to it at some point, you know? Yeah. But uh, speaking of that, I feel like we should get into the normal flow of our show, Christian. And I think that starts off with our 
famous segment known all around the galaxy from the Jedi archives where Christian and I both go on Wikipedia, which is the Star Wars wiki, and we both choose an article to bring to the table and to our audience, which is you, and we discuss uh, what we brought and we educate each other on a piece of Star Wars lore, canon or otherwise, that we thought was interesting. Um, since I'm hosting today, Christian, I'll just uh, defer to you for who gets to go first. So what'd you pick today? Sure, I picked polystarch portion bread. Oh, interesting. I, can I, I have a feeling what this is. Yes. I really do. What is it? Oh, is it is it the uh, bread that raids? Yes. The Force Awakens? Yeah. So, uh, polystarch portion bread, also known as portion bread, or simply polystarch, was a type of self-rising bread made by combining polystarch flour with water to trigger a chemical reaction. In 5 ABY, the Battle of Jakku between the New Republic and the Galactic Empire left behind a starship graveyard on Jakku. Many wrecks contain polystarch ration packs that Unkar Plutt used to control the food supply at Nima Outposts, where scavengers like Ray trade a valuable salvage for portions of polystarch. Uh, the food type for specifications, it's bread. It is described as beige and green bread-like loaf. Uh, it is edible by Ardiodax, humans, melatos, and Zabrax. Oh, wow. Do you think this is what Darth Maul lived on? Part So he lived on partially his own hate and then polystarch bread. Yeah. And he was... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But... That's interesting. I I always, what's up? I was gonna say tough luck for Wookies, you know. True. Well, I mean, I feel like they just have to hunt for their own food, rip off a few arms, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they. Uh, but yeah, no, I always thought this was like a really cool thing in The Force Awakens. Um, they must have like shot it backwards or something like that. I don't even like know because in the movie, Ray like puts it in water or whatever, and it just like soaks it all up and becomes a piece of bread. It's very very cool um do you have any idea about like how they film that i, I really so, don't know i remember i think on the like bonus features for the force awakens blu-ray they do talk about that and i think daisy ridley's talking about it and jj abrams was saying like oh yeah we wanted this to be a practical thing just like early in the movie to have some cool effect um i forget how they designed it but i remember daisy ridley saying like so the one you see is like toxic and inedible so like mm. they shot that and then like they swap it out for her to have like an actual piece of bread but yeah interesting that's really cool though mm -hmm. uh also shame on unkar plot for completely controlling the food supply of jacku what a, what a jerk yeah uh so i chose something this is something that i actually picked from the random page but it was too good not to pass up uh the clone scuba trooper um also known as clone dive troopers, and in Legends, they're known as clone sub troopers. They're an elite aquatic assault. Uh, well, they're, they're clone troopers from the Grand Army of the Republic who are outfitted for combat in aquatic environments. Uh, we saw them on the Battle of Moncala, I believe, in some Clone Wars episode. Uh, but they're they're interesting. They have like you know scuba like oxygen masks on but then they also have like these these sharp flipper looking things on their on their feet and i just i thought it was really interesting like man those kaminoans really thought of everything right mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> they thought of uh they thought of you know regular clone troopers jet troopers you know water troopers i guess so 
yeah, I just thought this was really interesting and it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's neat. I like I think I was tricking myself, but when you said that, my mind immediately went to Fallen Order at the end of the game with the underwater like base. I was like, are there like scuba troopers there? I don't think so, but it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, it's just funny how they're called like scuba troopers. You'd think that they like <laughs> they they'd come up like with a more Star Wars name than that. But, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, very cool. I guess you know they had to think of something because there are some water planets out there in the galaxy. So uh, that's what I brought today to you from the Jedi Archives. Very good pick. So thank you, thank you. So I wanted to start off our news segment here with not the biggest piece of news. Uh, something that I feel like leads into the bigger piece of news. Um, Christian, over the time that we weren't filming this podcast over the past two weeks, I'm sure you were on Star Wars Twitter. Well, just Twitter, but since you're a Star Wars fan, you understand what I'm saying. Did you see all the hubbub about Dave Filoni recently? Uh, People congratulating him for becoming executive creator director at Lucasfilm. I did, yes. Yes, so it was all over Twitter. Um, People were congratulating him that, uh, you know, because Lucasfilm's website, I guess, listed that he was uh, now, quote, an executive creative director. Um, But this isn't really new. This has been something that has gone on for a year now. Uh, I think Kathleen Kennedy, guess who, promoted him to this position a long time ago, and they actually just got to... Uh, updating the Lucasfilm website, but this is like a pretty big jump. He was, um, you know, an executive producer before, and now he's an executive creative director of the company, which means that his uh, he has a bigger hand or his hand in all the Star Wars future Star Wars projects is just like confirmed now because of his title, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like you said, not so- surprising, right? Like Mandalorian we saw those behind the scenes things and last year, the way he was talking about stuff, like it, it makes sense that he's had some sort of sway, right? For sure. For sure. I mean, like I wasn't, I wasn't saying that he didn't before, but it was just kind of silly. Cause everybody was, you know, on Twitter, like congratulating him for it. But mm-hmm. this is just something that had, had already, you know, been in existence for like literally a year. Um, just goes to show that people on star Wars Twitter are extremely interested in just like, you know, I, I don't know. Just, just jumping at everything. This was a this was a good thing, though. A, a proud moment, I would say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, he definitely deserved it. I get what you're saying too. Of like, there's a, a a sect of Star Wars fans that will take any like good news for Dave Filoni as this is doom for Kathleen Kennedy. So I did see that for sure. It's like, man, this happened a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah, just hearing yeah. about it now. And okay. I mean. Right, right. And Kathleen Kennedy, you know, is the one who even promoted him. So it's like, why would she do that? Like, (laughs) if she was thinking, like, if she thought that she was going to be canned, like, I don't know, just doesn't doesn't add up to me, Mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, it but it's a tired denial, but like worth repeating. If somebody says a a whiff that she's leaving because of something like this, no, (laughs) she's not. Yeah, it's just not true. Um, but, you know, congrats to Dave Filoni for, yeah. for really, like, you know, The Apprentice has now become the master. He is, you know, now executive creative director. And um, I guess, like, that just, if, if things go wrong, now we know who to yell at. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, you're right though you know because like i i think a creative director definitely has a bit more of a hands-on approach than the president or whatever kathleen's role is in the company um yeah and maybe not hands-on but like ground level you know like he's probably there on set more often than she is and he's like in meetings more on like storyboarding and things like that so again this has been happening for a while you know we hear about his influence with john favreau for mandalorian uh presumably for book of boba fett as well um definitely for bad badge so like we, we're all fa- we're all felony fans like you said it's great news good for him oh yeah good news uh yeah it definitely makes sense like you said like he he was uh george lucas's apprentice basically so um it only makes sense that he moves up in the ranks here um but uh, basically, this is all sort of hashed out um, in a Variety article. Uh, the, when I mean hashed out, basically, like, you know, the, there's this Variety article that put to bed, you know, speculation that this had just happened. Um, but in that Variety article, now this is leading into our the bigger piece of news for the day. Uh, there was like this buried tidbit of information that the Internet kind of like went off with. Um, and it's like... In my opinion, it's pretty vague. Um, so the Variety article talks about, you know, who was the creative leadership over at Lucasfilm, and it talks about the future projects uh, at Lucasfilm in regards to Star Wars. And it makes a quick one-line sort of, uh, you know, statement saying a third announced spinoff, Rangers of the New Republic, is not currently in active development. So that kind of like, you know, the, people people sort of like took that out of proportion in my opinion saying that ranges of the new republic is just not happening anymore but if you kind of read it closely that's not really what it's saying at all yeah um, it kind of makes me wonder if the show's still coming like they say it's not currently in active development i didn't know it was in active development to begin with and that doesn't necessarily mean that in the future it's not going to become active you know right. mike you know what else isn't in active development right now like anything else like i don't don't uh next week's episode of jedi nights it's still gonna happen but it's just not in active development right now because we're working on this project you know like i i'm completely with you i I read the article after i saw people being like rangers canceled i was like really okay let me read this thing and i read the variety article it's like hey yeah so dave's working on like um mando season three he's producing bad batch they're working on ahsoka and currently rangers of the new republic is not in active development you know what that means it means everything else they just said is and they got to get those done first right exactly yeah exactly like i mean i do think that it is worth talking about um you know like given the context of this information Mm -hmm. uh gina carano was recently fired from lucasfilm uh, because of the comments that she made online. Um, and a lot of people speculated prior to Gina Carano's firing that Gina Carano would be the, if not one of the main characters of Rangers of the New Republic. And so kind of people took that information and this line in the Variety article, like put them those two together and let their mind run wild. And was basically, people were saying, oh, like this is not happening because Gina Carano was fired and they don't have anything else for it. Which, you know, could be true. Yes. And I think is probably likely that like 
maybe the reason why Rangers of the New Republic isn't as far in, like, far through as the Book of Boba Fett or, like, Ahsoka or all these, some of these other projects that they're working on is because of Gina Carano's firing. But I don't think that necessarily means that they're not going to go through with this project that they announced. It wasn't even officially tied to her to begin with um, just because she was fired. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Right. And you're bringing up all the correct things to, you know, uh, discuss with this conversation because you're right it was never confirmed it was alluded to because she got that republic badge in season two and then this show got announced it's like okay Mm -hmm. well that makes sense that's a connection there um yeah but yeah i think you're right you know like in my head i did assume that this show was gonna come out before ahsoka now seems like definitely not it seems like ahsoka's probably coming out before this but yeah i'm with you where out of everything that's been announced for star wars since disney bought it right the only things that have been canceled as far as i know like full-blown canceled not reworked is uh benny often weiss trilogy yeah <laughs> right because like episode nine trevara left and that was reworked but like and the boba fett movie is sort of evolved into Mandalorian as now Boba Fett's getting a series, right? So, like... Yeah, yeah. It's not super surprising. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets cancelled, like you're saying. It's a real possibility because of the same reasons you're laying out. Also, not in active development could just mean, okay, let's bump Ahsoka up. In the meantime, we'll figure out how we're going to replace Cara Dune in this series because she was going to have a role to play in this multiverse of shows going on to tell this big narrative event story they want to tell. And how can we replace her? Can we elevate Cosca Reeves to be in that scenario? Could we bring Hera into the fold? I saw a lot of people asking for that as like, hey, just have her involved. Timing works out. She should be there. So like, there's a lot of these questions that you can ask and all of these are reasons why it wouldn't be currently in active development, but you're right. It doesn't mean that it's canceled. Yeah. I mean, I think like if you were to make a bet on like, Oh, if any of these were to be canceled, which one would you put your money on? It would probably be Rangers of the Republic for me, but like that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Like the writer of this variety article seemed very, you know, particular in their wording, like, not currently in active development like doesn't mean that like you know like i don't know it's just like very vague um but like like we like we've covered multiple times on this podcast as ad nauseum the star wars community likes to take things out of context and run with it and make their own sort of narrative as to what happened and it's difficult sometimes to cut through that when you're scrolling on twitter or facebook but uh, really trying to get down to the nitty gritty of the details, I think, does a lot of people favors. Would wouldn't you agree, Christian? <laughs> Absolutely. And if like I will say this too, if you because like I was fooled a little bit, I was like, oh, it's canceled, really. And then yeah. I went four hours and then I actually read the article. So like, if you're in the Star Wars community and you feel like you got tricked on something, don't feel bad. There's plenty of like outlets. I'm not saying Variety does this because Variety's like a trade, but yeah. there's plenty of 500,000 plus subbed YouTube accounts that just blatantly lie 
about confirmed things in Star Wars. So, like, that can easily come across your feed. Don't feel bad if it tricks you. I've been tricked with this. I was tricked with something, I'm sure, in the past, but... No, no, I'm not, like, I, trust me, I'm not trying to shame people for falling for it because, like, I, like... No, 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 totally. I agree. I, I was honestly tricked about by this too um, until I, I read into it a little bit more. But I just think it's a it's it's a good opportunity to say, you know, when you're when in doubt, like find some reputable sources like Variety or like the Hollywood Reporter. Those are the two that I look for, honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, interesting stuff. Hopefully, we get to see Rage of the New Republic sometime in the future. It sounded like an interesting sort of concept, except we don't really know anything about it. Um, just from the title, I think you can glean a lot from where this might go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope that they follow through with it in some way, um, because uh, yeah, more Star Wars is always good, and that's what we. You know what we life. do, Mike? What we scrap that entire cast of the show and we make it about Alphabet Squadron. Dude, like that would be cool. I yeah. feel like that would work, right? Yeah, they fly. Yeah, you know, they're Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know. I, they're they're out in the unknown regions or something. Yeah. Like that's what happens post Alphabet Squadron trilogy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be really cool. I, like I said, I think I would want to see Alphabet Squadron in some sort of visual medium, and I think maybe that will happen with Patty Jenkins' movie. Um, cool. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get like a cameo. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. So I saw this on Star Wars Newsnet. I thought it was interesting to bring up. J.J. Um, Abrams recently spoke with Collider, um, and he kind of not really sort of responds to whether the sequel trilogy should have been planned out. So uh, basically the writer for this Collider article was talking to J.J. Abrams because of the 10th anniversary of his film Super 8. Have you ever seen that? I have. liked it a lot. I, I liked it a lot too. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically point blank asked him if Star Wars should have the Star Wars sequel trilogy should have been planned out a little bit more. Um, and J.J. Abrams in perfect Hollywood and corporate fashion totally dodges the question, but sort of answers it in a weird way. Um, he says, "Quote: You just never really know." But having a plan, I've learned in some cases the hard way is the more is the most critical thing, because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up. You don't know what to emphasize. If you don't know the inevitable of the story, you're just as go you're just as good as your last sequence or effect or joke or whatever. But you want to be leading into something inevitable. Sometimes when it's not working out, it's because it's what you planned, and other times when it's not working out, it's because you didn't. Um, so. Like, he never specifically mentions the Star Wars trilogy by name, uh, like The Force Awakens of the Rise of Skywalker, which he uh, uh, directed. But, you know, I guess since the question was specifically about the sequel trilogy, there is something to glean from here. Um, yeah. Do you think Do you think J.J. Abrams is looking back on, uh, you know, 2015 to 2019 and the three movies that came out, uh, the three Star Wars trilogy movies that came out and saying, you know... Maybe I should have given Ryan Johnson just a bit of a roadmap, you know? <laughs> I, I think he kind of, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tricky because it, it brings up a conversation again. And honestly, talking about the Star Wars Twitter running wild, right? I, again, with this article, I saw a lot of J.J. Abrams confirms a sequel trilogy had no plan. It's like, 
That's not what he said. Uh, like, yeah. I no. I think he's trying, like, to, like you said, he's trying to dodge it in a way that's like, hey, sometimes you make a plan, it doesn't work. Sometimes you don't have a plan, it also doesn't work. So, like, he's not, like, specifically aligning it to one having a plan or not having a plan, right? But to answer your question directly, him looking back, should I have given Ryan Johnson a plan? I think... I don't know. I think it's a tricky thing because the sequel trilogy exists. It doesn't exist in a bubble where you did have Colin Trevorrow getting fired. You did have Carrie Fisher passing away. And both of those things completely changed what episode nine would have been. And I don't know if JJ Abrams giving Ryan Johnson notes would have impacted the things beyond their control. Right. Because you and I are on the same page of this, right? Like, Luke in 8, I'm bringing that up specifically because that's a big point of contention with 8. I think yeah. if he gave him a plan, I don't think Luke would have been that different because where we leave off with Luke in 7, Ryan Johnson didn't decide to have Luke run away for 30 years, right? Like, that was JJ's call. No. Totally. Yeah. So, like, it'd be I natural mean, that he'd that's... be, like, a curmudgeon, you know? For sure, for sure. I mean, I like we've talked about that. I think I, I actually really do like the uh, depiction of Luke Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight. I think it makes sense mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, but like, I see what you're saying about like how sometimes the Star Wars fan community likes to run away with things. But I do think that like there is a little part of what he's saying where he may be trying to like wink. You know what I mean? Here, yeah. like, like yeah, like yeah, may like. Just, just the fact that he said, but having a plan of learned in some cases the hard way is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up. I like to me, to me that that he's like, I feel like he's really winking towards the Force Awakens right there. You know what I mean? I, I, like yeah. not saying that he, I, I don't think he's saying that like, oh, like the fact that I didn't have a plan made all of them crap. Right. But like, you know, I think he's, I think he's recognizing the fact that he made it really hard for himself like yeah because he was put in like he wasn't planning on directing episode nine or or being really involved in the creative process as much but like it ended up that he had to do it and then he kind of had to deal like sleep in the bed that you know you know what i mean like yeah like he had to he had to figure out what he was to do with that so yeah i think to your original question does he like looking back does he wish he could have 2015 jj give a plan to ryan johnson i think more so like you said he's probably kicking himself and like reevaluating how he looks at his stance on the jj mystery box that we all talk about right like if you if you do that do it with an intent to have a specific answer if you want to not regret what somebody could do with it right because i personally like and we don't have to get into this but he, he set up a bunch of questions. Almost all of them were answered in eight in ways that I really liked. Sounds like JJ probably didn't. There's a part of the community that doesn't like it either. But if he if he wants to be upset about that, when you're writing those mysteries, supply an answer to build to eventually, right? If, if you make it such a big deal of who's raised parents in seven... Make it that she's a descendant of Palpatine, so that way we can build on that throughout eight subtly, and then when it's revealed in nine, it doesn't feel like it's out of nowhere. You know, like I think more so that 
than anything else in terms of the benefit of hindsight and having a plan. I think it's the more intricate things like that and probably him reevaluating himself as a writer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that there is something to be said from it because of the context of the question too. The question was specifically about the sequel trilogy, right. you know, like, so, I mean, I think, I think that that's what he's talking about in a, in a way. I, I, like I said, I think there is a, an essence, a part of it where he's sidestepping. Um, but, you know, he's saying that, like, if you don't know the inevitable of the story, you're just as good as your last sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that story about Daisy Ridley, like, didn't even know who her parents were, like, while she was filming. Like, that seems like an inevitable part of the story, JJ. Like, especially if you bring up the fact that her parents are, like, a big part of her her, her character motivation in Seven. You don't even have an answer for that. You know right. what I mean? Like, to me, that's just... Like, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Maybe I'm just pontificating, like, on my own opinions here. But the fact that they didn't have, like, a... Not a fleshed out, but just, like, a rough idea about, like, where they wanted to go with the sequel trilogy made the sequel trilogy as bad as it is. And I think it's probably the worst trilogy of the three. Yeah, I, I That's think... That's just me. I think it's definitely... Because I, I think what I was saying before, people can run with plan as... A very loose term of like what they don't like about something I, but i think specifically and the way he's addressing the question and how we know he is and looking at seven in a bubble it throws out a lot of questions none of them are answered in, within the movie you know <laughs> so like totally yeah i like i don't think when they say plan they mean like so what's the the plot of what our cast is doing from movie to movie because like they have a goal in each film you know i don't think there's anything wrong with the goals they're doing in terms of a structure but it's the details of the mysteries you're building the questions you have uh that lead to character development within these like this roller coaster of a what are we doing right now there that's being done across a trilogy right like if you strip the sequel trilogy down to its most simple what happens in each one there's nothing wrong with what happens in each one there's a thing they do okay and then it's what you build off of there that lacking a plan brings up issues of i don't know if these character motivations make sense uh what about this payoff here why is this character not acting the way they should based off their last time i saw them like i do think it really rests on asking questions without an intended answer and i think when he says an inevitability that's what he's talking about you know i see i see what you mean i see what you mean i mean i guess for me like i understand that like for each movie they had a a to b that they wanted to end at like you know beginning of the movie will be here the end of the movie will be there but just the the a to b throughout all three of them i think was lacking that's where i'm coming from at least sure yeah Um, and i i I agree with you. I just like I'm. I think out the gate, if you don't have these small things with an intended answer, especially for a trilogy, that's what makes that core weaker in time. And I think again, it's just him looking at how he is a writer now. Because I I don't know if you saw this, but he just got slapped on to a new Batman series with um, Matt Reeves and somebody who worked on Batman the animated series as a like producer writer or something. And a lot of people were yeah, like, "Yeah, and also isn't 
I don't know about that, but yeah, I I, I know that he's also doing like a Superman thing with like Tanahasi coats, right, or, so, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, you know, he's he's successful as hell, and I'll keep watching the stuff that he does. Um, yeah, I like. I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up for sure. I don't think JJ is a bad director. I think he made a mistake, and I think it was a mistake that was. You want to talk about inevitabilities? Super 8 throws a lot of questions out there. His Star Trek movies are a lot of mystery boxes. So I think this was just... It sucks that it happened through Star Wars. But I think moving forward, he's probably going to be a better writer for it. Hopefully. Yeah, and you know, it's... What else is there in this life other than learning and stuff? So, no hard feelings, J.J. Abrams. You live and you learn. You made a great great Star Wars movie. He really did. That's the whole message of The Last Jedi, Mike. (laughs) true literally uh yeah yeah uh he, you know nothing can take away the fact that he made one of the best star wars movies though mm-hmm. um, force awakens is great yes uh moving on to other famous directors speaking of uh so we talked about Zack snyder i think in the last episode or two episodes ago christian mm-hmm. um and it's come out uh from Zack snyder himself from the horse's mouth he did indeed pitch a Star Wars film idea to Lucasfilm. Uh, so he confirmed these long-standing rumors that he pitched a Star Wars project inspired by Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai in Lucasfilm. Um, and he's now reworking that, story, that concept as an unaffiliated story. And though he said that project has not received a green light from any film studio. Um, so I guess he was speaking on the Happy, Sad, Confused pod t- podcast and uh, he discussed his plain idea for a Star Wars movie involving a group of Jedi long before the events of the Clone Wars. Um, so he's moving on with it. He said it's still a, sci- a sci-fi thing. It's the same st- story, but, you know, just not Star Wars. So, interesting. That would have been cool. Yeah, I, I'm. we talked about this idea before, right? I still have landed on the coin of, like, I would like to see him as a cinematographer for a seven samurai star wars film and have Mm -hmm. some sort of like story by credit and maybe have somebody else come in to write it because i do think it's a cool idea but yeah yeah what do you think of this zach zach is a bit of a hit or miss for me personally Mm -hmm. uh and i think for a lot of people um you know i think he he has got a crazy artistic vision. He is definitely very creative. Like you said, I feel like he'd probably be best in like a cinematographer role, honestly. Um, his stuff is like beautiful. And I would like love to see his take on Star Wars like this. But in regards to him directing a movie, I think I have kind of landed on the same side as you the last time we talked about this, Christian. It probably wouldn't pan out as, as, as best as we hope it would. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know if he'd agree to do this, and we talked about this too, of, like, would he want to be the sole driving force creatively behind a project, or would he be down to do an actual, you know, this is your role here? Because we still haven't seen the Old Republic on screen, and when I hear Zack Snyder's Seven Samurai Star Wars Jedi movie, I feel like where my mind goes for what that would look like could be really cool to define an era we haven't seen before, like the High Republic or Old Republic. So, like, in an ideal world, we take this story, we take his visual 
expertise. You slap him on as a, like, again, director of photography for somebody else's directing Star Wars The Old yeah. Republic Seven Samurai, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the whole Old Republic thing that kind of sounds like what it was. Yeah. Um, he said that the idea was uh, involving a group of Jedi before the long before the events of the Clone Wars. I mean, I guess that could be really any time period, but um, especially since he said it's kind of Seven Samurai inspired, that's that gives me Old Republic vibes for sure. sure. And then you think of those trailers, right, for the Old Republic. I think Zack Snyder could direct or not direct, but like line the camera up in a way that makes it look like that. You know, like I think he could do it. Oh, he definitely could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, like I hope that they take the idea of like doing an old Republic movie or something uh, and, and go through with that at some point. I'd love to see, and we talked about this before as well. I'd love to see an old Republic, anything. Just give me that. Yeah. Like seriously. For sure. Um, so moving on uh, the book of Boba Fett crew gear, I guess this is just a really fun article that I saw uh, shows a possible code name Buccaneer for the uh the project so uh it was all over the internet just like a bunch of interesting um like stickers and like you know jackets and sweatshirts from people who are on the crew of the book of boba fett and a lot of the stuff says like buccaneer um interestingly enough uh some of the stuff says book of boba fett season one buccaneer season one possibly implying that there is a second season but i think that it is also fair to say that these are unconfirmed graphics um we're not entirely sure if that is the code name of the show but there is a video of tamura morrison wearing a sweatshirt that says buccaneer on it so yes you know who knows i think i think it's probably i think that's probably the code name of the show yeah. i think like why not I, f- I forget where I saw this, but I definitely clicked a link to a store. It might have been, like, Shop Disney or something, and there was a sweatshirt that said on the back, it said Buccaneer, and it was a picture of Boba Fett. Um, it looks like you put a you threw an image of some pins in the dock. I think it was the yes, top left pin. Yes, pin. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool one. Yeah, so, yeah, Buccaneer makes sense, you know? Like, uh, the vibe... A Boba Fett in the show is absolutely like spaghetti western to a certain degree so like that's what the logo mm-hmm. looks like and you're right season one is interesting uh, I think we're both newly minted Boba Fett fans I'd be down for a season two but oh yeah no I was um I think on the show I was very much anti Boba Fett before season two of the Mandalorian so um yeah no totally a Boba Fett fan now and uh if there is a season two i'd be hyped honestly i i thought and kind of still do think that there is only going to be one season of this yeah i you know we still got to see what the direction of the show is going to be but the book of boba fett when i heard that title i was like so this is going to be just like a telling of some period in his life right it's not just going to be what he's up to right now current day so like I know you suggested the Sarlacc pit idea. I know maybe some stuff with Cobb Vanth. I would love if season, like, the second book of Boba Fett, whatever they call it, is, like, about him, uh, again, 
my dream story him hunting down mesa windu who's still alive for revenge like, yeah do that as season two <laughs> and just get a younger guy under the suit have tomorrow going into into the booth and just do that that'd be so cool explore more periods of time in multiple books of boba fett there's potential there i think oh yeah uh and we know that when you're in star wars and you die you're not actually sometimes you're not actually dead mm-hmm. so uh mace windu coming back is totally reasonable uh i'm sure samuel l jackson would be absolutely down to reprise the role yeah uh why wouldn't he be and yeah that would actually be pretty sick i really hope that they do that <laughs> yeah show no it may it may be confusing something. yeah show yeah show game something i don't know uh but yeah I, I thought it was interesting that you know there's this season one sort of implication here maybe meaning that there would be a season two um i guess you're you're definitely right christian we have to wait to see what the show is first before we can sort of make any educated uh assumptions as to like where the show will go in the future but like the way that they had marketed it like you know the the book of boba fett kind of made me think it was one but you know i could be wrong mm-hmm. um, i mean i definitely i've had that thought as well before i'm just like it's also a limited series uh, episode wise right so like yeah we don't know who knows uh speaking of which just something that i came into my head uh so do you think obviously we're we've been told that the book of boba fett's coming out sometime in december of 2021 um and that season three of the mandalorian would be coming out uh in like after christmas or did they say christmas or something like that uh it's june 1st as recording this um i've seen nothing in terms of like the book of boba fett promotional material like even mandalorian season three any any talk about that um do you think that we're gonna get both of these shows this year um do you think they're gonna be able to stick to their original production schedule mike go with me here yeah i I think what's gonna happen is the book of boba fett we saw last year mando didn't get promo until like september right and it started in october okay um book of boba fett will get promotional material after bad batch is done and sometime in october it will be announced that you know most of the world is or most of the regions are vaccinated well enough there's enough safety guidelines are good enough that the first episode of season three of the mandalorian is once again directed by John Favreau and is released in theaters. That would be sick. Because that was the uh, rumor, That would right? be very cool. Two. Well, that would certainly have made sense since, like, you know, I think they, they you know, filmed a, a bunch of it in, like, IMAX, didn't yeah. they? So. Hey, I mean, I would go see it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Because the thing is, you, you do most of December as Book of Boba Fett, and then every week you're like, hey, catch it in theaters, catch it in theaters. And then the first episode of Mandalorian is in theaters, and then we kick off the rest of the show maybe in January or something. Right. Well, the thing is, like, personally, I don't think we've really... I don't think we've really talked about any news regarding filming of either of these TV shows, have we? Uh, I remember talking about when Book of Boba Fett wrapped... Because that was a couple weeks ago, I okay. think. Or maybe a couple months ago, I forget. Uh, Mando Season All 3, right. though, I don't have 
the slightest concept in my head of how that's going. I think they're shooting, but... I hope they are, <laughs> uh, for their sake. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we could be seeing uh, the Book of Boba Fett. I don't know how they're going to do it, like Volume 2. Yeah. Uh, vol- volume 1, Volume 2. Who knows? We're, we're, uh, we're, we're down for it either way, though, that's for sure. Uh, we got one last piece of news here before we just get into our Bad Batch review. Uh, this is from a, a while ago, but it was recently a resurfaced. John Boyega said he's open to a Star Wars return. That's not very surprising coming from him. Uh, he was interviewed by Jake Hamilton in May 2020. Uh, and I guess it just recently resurfaced. Um, I don't know if we had talked about it back then. But he said, quote, I'm open to the conversation as long as it's Kathleen, JJ, and maybe someone else on the team. It's a no-brainer. I saw this on Star Wars Newsnet, figured that if they were writing about it, we probably hadn't covered it. Um, So just thought we'd bring it back up again. Um, I'd love to see John Boyega come back. But it seems like his prerequisites are pretty tight. Yeah, and to be completely forward, I know that it's still touchy for people. I wouldn't mind returning to this cast again. And we've talked about that, right? Like, an episode 10 a few years from now with the sequel trilogy cast aged up a little bit, doing a new thing this time with an outline, you know? I'd be excited for that. (laughs) I I would genuinely feel excitement for an episode 10 despite not loving episode 9. Same. Um, Yeah, I feel like... I feel like there's, there's more to tell. Um with these with John Boyega, Daisy Ridley and Oscar Isaac, I think there's there's a lot more to tell, a lot more ground to cover. If you think about it, the sequel trilogy really only took place over like two years or something. Mm-hmm. Um there's definitely a lot more to be to be told. I think John Boyega kinda got shafted um and you know he he had four sensitive powers s- assumedly and they were never explored. Um Oscar Isaac could have been like like a pretty cool like even more gritty Han Solo figure, but they kind of like cheese him up for it uh, for the sequel trilogy. So I feel like there's more to be done there. Mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley, of course, like come on, yeah, she's awesome. Like I gen, there's a lot of potential because again, you age these characters up a little more in a real world gap, and then you just do a time skip in universe. Like I could easily see a world where like. Finn has a apprentice, and Ray's leading a new academy, and Poe is in charge of the new New Republic fleet. Right, like there's these stories you can mm-hmm. tell here, where you can honestly probably have an analog for what the original seven, eight, and nine was gonna be before the prequels became uh, came into existence. Right, and just tell that type of story with the Han, Luke, and Leia group idea of what everyone imagined they'd do, but with this cast, and they're a charming cast. I think having more to do with them would be cool and just just give it some time and everybody I'm sure will be excited for it even the people that really don't love the sequels I, I don't think there's any converting the haters like the super haters but the people that don't love it I think would probably still be excited because most of them still like Force Awakens so right right and I mean like just think about how the perception of the prequel trilogy has changed over yeah. time right like People are much more uh, open to films like The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones 
uh, where Star Wars fans are much more open to those films than they were back in the day. Uh, you know, time heals all wounds, and nostalgia wins basically every time. And 20 years from now, I'm sure we'll all be excited when Disney announces an episode 10. It's it's bound to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, there's just some other news that I wanted to just like briefly touch on. Not going to go too much into depth about it. Uh, so there's some more set images and video from Andor. They're building a set on the in the Scottish in the Scottish Highlands. Um, so that's moving along swimmingly. I just thought that that would be something that we should bring up here on the podcast. I'm looking forward to the TV show. It's good that they're continuing production of it for Same. sure. So uh, time to talk about the Bad Patch. We got two episodes to talk to talk about today. Episode four, which is called Cornered. Episode five, which is called Rampage. Uh, so I would say that like both of these um episodes i feel like they they kind of go well together in terms of talking about them in my opinion um cornered i would say was probably the one that i was more interested in um out of the two we get fennec shand uh making her animated appearance uh originally being uh you know only on um in the mandalorian season one and season two so it's kind of cool to see her in cartoon form. Uh, I, I really liked this episode a lot. Um, what did you think about these? Yeah, I I liked Cornered. Um, I thought it was very brief. Uh, it, like it seemed like it was pretty quick. Uh, Cornered. It was awesome seeing Fennec Shand. Um, her origins, kind of, because we learn in the next episode we'll talk about. It. This is when she's new on the scene as a bounty hunter, so it's cool like seeing her maybe taking her first hit. Um, that's really neat, and it was cool seeing her, you know, manipulating Omega, trying to be like real silver-tongued. That was neat. I, I liked seeing this version of uh, Fennec Shand, you know, to flesh out where she is when we see her in Mando. Um, yeah, I thought episode four was okay, and then the other one, the more recent episode... I was a little more into just because it had a more immediate problem sort of thing. I think the thing that I didn't love about Cornered was like, it might be the shortest episode so far. I could be wrong. I think it was. And also they were just running the whole time. So it made it feel very brief. <laughs> but like, um, I, I thought both were still good. You know, I'm still liking this show. What about you? Yeah. I mean, there to be, to be honest, not really that much happens in terms of the plot of the story in these two episodes other than the fact that you know fennec shand is introduced um i i think i liked cornered more because of the fast-paced nature of it um to me like the more recent episode i think what was that called rampage Mm -hmm. um just like the the concept didn't really like grip me I thought like the aliens were kind of cool. They had like cool weapons that I'd never seen in Star Wars before. They're like energy archer weapons or whatever. But it reminded me uh, of um, the Zabrak on Dathomir in Fallen Order. Oh, true. Yeah, very much so. I would love to know what those are called. To be honest. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just that that whole thing like didn't really like grip me as much as like 
corner did i i think for me like i am a huge sucker for like chase scenes and stuff like that especially star wars chase scenes like gave me attack of the clones vibes Mm -hmm. for sure uh so i kind of like that aspect of it um i also just like think fennec shan's really cool and i like the way that she sort of manipulates omega um with her words and just like kind of I don't know, just it gave a really interesting sort of dynamic to her character. Um, though I did really enjoy seeing Bib Fortuna in the more recent episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a cool little, uh, <laughs> yeah. that was a cool little uh, crossover right there. And we're saving the Rancor that Luke Skywalker kills in Jabba's Palace. Is that, like, I couldn't figure that out. Is that the same? It has to be, right? This is like... A couple years after, or no, this is like immediately after Revenge of the Sith. It's a baby Rancor. Yeah. Big Fortuna's getting one for Jabba. You know? I don't know how long Rancors live, yeah. but same color. So. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like, this was like a, this is like a female Rancor that was like young, right? So it's possible that, that, you know, Moochie or whatever grew into the big Rancor that we eventually see so, Luke Skywalker kill. <laughs> when, um, Sid is their name right like the the dengar no not dengar uh bosk species like the lizard oh yeah 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 so sid uh i don't even know when sid was on the hollow call right i was like oh that's big fortuna and then i didn't know who moochie was yet right and i was like are we getting stinky are we gonna see stinky again (laughs) is that who we're gonna save right now we're gonna save java's kid (laughs) Uh, no i literally thought that too i i really did uh i was disappointed but then it clicked and i was like oh okay it's the rancor that's neat and i know he died but that's cool yeah so i'm looking at the wikipedia page i don't know if it is the same but i really hope so in in my head canon they're the same rancor oh, yeah uh <laughs> so yeah i mean honestly like there there really wasn't much that happened in these episodes uh yeah to be to be quite honest (laughs) it just seemed like the bad batch they're they're continuing their story of sort of just like making sure that they have their 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 stuff straight while they're uh fugitives from the empire essentially yeah i think why i would give the edge slightly to rampage because you're right they are both like hey we got to do a thing to keep moving um yeah specifically the idea of like sort of mimicking a mandalorian episode where we go to this place we get a job to get credits so we can keep moving um i i like that format in terms of telling a star wars story in a tv form uh it was cool to watch the team all work together wrecker doing his a whole like trial by combat to earn the respect of the rancor was fun um that's cool but echo being that's sold as a droid yeah that was cool too so like with this one ending off i think we're what the implication is here has me a bit more interested than just like oh we're gonna learn about fennec in um cornered here it's getting to the point where you and i speculated when they announced the show of like okay so is the bad batch are clearly we'll escape order 66 but are they going to become mercenaries are they just going to become this group for hire that's taking jobs across the galaxy uh I think the end of the episode implies that that may be where we're headed in the future. Because, like, Sid leaves off like, hey, you need money. 
I got your number. So it's a it's a development for them as a group that's not related to Omega that I think is welcome because it's been a while since we've gotten a group wide shift of direction maybe so far. Totally, yeah. Um, that is that is something that happens like right at the end of the episode mm -hmm. um, that I totally forgot about, but. Yeah, they're definitely turning into more like of a bounty hunter sort of uh, group. Uh, I have a feeling like at some point they're going to have to like team up with Fennec Shams. Um, that's definitely where it's going. Mm -hmm. um, like they're going to they're going to like I don't know like try to try to run away with from her uh, because she's definitely after Omega, um, or they're going to have to I, I don't know like it's just th there's a lot up in the air. I don't feel like as of right now I don't really know where this show is going. Um, Hunter hasn't even showed up in the in the show for like the past three episodes. It kind of feels almost like disconnected from like the first two. Um, these past three, I just I don't know. It just seems like every single time that uh, like the past, I've just been disappointed for these past two episodes. I guess is what I'm saying. I was I, I, in a way, I kind of feel like they're filler episodes. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing. Um, just like I don't know. So, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I I want to ask you this because I know you were specifically with Mando season one. I don't think you felt this way with season two. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I remember in season one, you're like, "Hey, there's eight episodes. Don't love that we're not progressing a ton with some of these, right? Like, we are very much getting this. Go to this place, get hired for a job, earn some money, credits, and then we'll use that money next week." Like, I remember you not loving that about Mando Season 1 because we only had eight episodes, right? Yeah. So, personally, I didn't mind it because it made the episodes that have more story stuff feel more impactful. And here, I find myself in more of a situation where you were with Mando Season 1 where we have 16 episodes. This could probably be eight you know and i i think we could like you know you know what i'm trying to say of like the the ratio of like that's what i mean story to i think if you have 16 episodes you could be doing more and filler i think feels worse when there's 16 episodes versus when there's eight because when there's eight you know you can only have x number of filler episodes when there's double the episodes it's like okay well what are we doing this week like yeah, that's the thing, like, and especially when you start off so strong, and, like, the beginning of the Bad Batch seemed, like, very story-oriented, I don't know, like, like, they were, they seemed like they were setting up a lot of cool stuff, I was, like, really into, like, I was like, oh, where is this going, like, you know, Hunter's not part of the Bad Batch anymore, like, you mean Crosshair? You know, they're on the run, I mean, cro Crosshair is, like, not a part of the Bad Batch, like, they're on the run, like, what are the Kaminoans up to? Like, what's Tarkin up to and Rampart? And now it's just like the past three episodes have been like, go here, do this thing, make money, leave. Go here, do this thing, make money, leave. Go here, do this thing, make money, leave. And it's like, okay, uh, like that's is that what next week and the week after that and the week after that's going to be like? Not really interested in that. Yeah, you know, um, pers personally, like it is worth mentioning. We are still only like a quarter of the way through the show. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting, you know, with the conversation around... That scares me, though, Yeah, personally. With Mandalorian of... Know. 
a lot of the discussion being like man the filler episode this week like i i for me personally i am more upset or worried when a show has more episodes and is not you using that in a way that would benefit the story you know because like i think we probably right. could have cut out again we'll, we'll have to see in hindsight but i think we could probably have had maybe 12 episodes or eight and then gotten further along with what we're doing here not to say i'm not enjoying what we're doing but i'm i'm feeling the way people felt about mando season one where i thought when people said that in mando season one i was like relax what are you talking about we're gonna get answers here it's like i don't know what we're gonna get because <laughs> you are right the last three no, episodes did fit the same exact structure yeah and i mean like in a in a, in a way it's like all right like this is is made for kids and like you know like thinking back at like the cartoons and stuff that i watched as kids like as a kid and, like it, you know the, there's got to be room for like some silliness and just like some for some like adventure that is just adventure and that's really all it is yeah. you know um, but it, it, the fact that there are 16 episodes and the past three have been like this just makes me scared kind of like for the rest of the season because I swear to God, Christian, like if the next episode is basically like go here, do this thing, make money, leave, I'm gonna be like, oh, like you know, like I'm, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I no, kidding. I understand that. I I do, because I've definitely had that thought with the show, and I was someone who was like really stoked for the show, and I still am really loving it. Like I like watching it every week. It's still just fun Star Wars stuff to watch. Yeah, and definitely. At the end of the day, if it is a show that's just, I guess, similar to Rebels, of like it's job of the week and occasionally we'll get a cool reference or a cool new bit of lore i'm completely cool with that as long as there's more interesting stuff to tell with the show if they can have a cool thing that's different maybe not structurally but the setting the characters for 16 weeks of new star wars content and occasionally we do get that here's the origins of jabba's rancor this is what's up with the the sith troopers in the sequel trilogy they sprouted from this clone like if they do stuff like that i'm completely fine with it i don't need every single star wars product to be life-changing you know and i i don't think everybody who is upset with this show feels that way but i think there's a place for the bad batch to be job of the week with some cool stuff and then maybe a premiere and a finale have a big dramatic thing I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, like, they're definitely setting up some really interesting stuff, and I really liked episode one and episode two, and I think that there was a lot of cool stuff that they could delve into later on in the show. It's just, like, right now, I'm not even really sure how we're going to get back there, you know? Like, and maybe we're talking about this a little bit too preemptively. I guess we have to make that disclaimer, too. It yeah. is only episode five. Yeah. Uh, things could change literally, you know, next week. Um, it could totally be different and totally change in the next 10 episodes. And that's just the way it is. But as it stands right now, and like the, 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 the direction that it seems like it's going, it's just sort of lackluster in my opinion. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's partially like kind of like what I expected. I wasn't like as super into the idea of the like i wasn't as as hyped for the bad batch as you were like don't get me wrong i was pretty hyped but i kind of had a feeling that this is what it was going to end up being mm-hmm. um because of the episode 
the amount of episodes like that is sort of what star wars rebels ended up being too yeah um but i i want to say this too because uh, we brought up like my excitement going into the show i wouldn't say i'm disappointed with it because at the end of the day i just think the bad batch as a concept is sweet it's cool as hell this group yeah and if at the end of the day however many seasons of the show we get it's just this group touring the galaxy in the immediate fallout of the transfer from the republic to the empire and seeing their you know struggle and their point of view on the world as former clones well still clones but like former uh clone troopers like i still think that's really interesting and even if it's not major leaps and bounds character growth wise having that lens on the the star wars galaxy at this time we haven't explored much with this group of characters i really like i'm cool with that personally yeah i mean i guess i guess there's a lot um, there's a lot of unknown um i don't want to make too early of a judgment right you know yeah. um I, I do think it's worth talking but, about though because we are like i said we're about a quarter of the way done now so yeah yeah definitely start definitely good to start talking about it in terms of like the episodes for today um like i said i don't think that there was there's really much to talk about in terms of like uh where it brings the story other than the fact that i thought that they were just like you know fun episodes um with interesting uh you know premises i I, like i said i really like fennec shand um so that's kind of where i stand on this rucker's got a headache still I didn't even really notice that. That's another thing I was thinking about. Yeah. Like when did he? When did that come up again? I didn't. A- even episode remember. two when they're landing, or the second episode we're talking about today, when they land, uh, Wrecker is in the co-pilot seat, and then he's just, just being like, "Ah, my, my head," and he's like rubbing it and stuff. And uh, Hunter's like, "Hey, you good with that?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." And then he walks away, and like Omega tries to give him something, and he just like looks away from her and leaves the the cockpit. Okay. Yeah, I totally missed that, I guess. Yeah. Um, hopefully that turns into something. We'll see. I'm sure it will. And I think it's, again, tied up to the conversation of there's 16 episodes. Maybe not padding, but like that need for what happens next is going to be more spread out than you would get in an eight-episode season of Mandalorian, which also has filler. That's why I'm more forgiving of Mando filler, because it's like, yeah eight episodes not you're not gonna have five or six episodes in a season of eight episodes that's filler you know (laughs) like that's just not gonna happen yeah and not every single eight and not all eight of the episodes are gonna be like absolute killer like you have some yeah but like i don't know you have a 16 episode show half that can be filler you know like that is why i'm a bit more uh critical of the what we've seen so far here where with mando i was like you guys are reacting it's fine (laughs) yeah but if if it ends up being that like okay we got we got 16 episodes of the bad batch and like 11 or 12 of them are just like filler episodes i'm gonna be kind of pissed like (laughs) i'm gonna be like why why did we do that why did it's kind of like a waste of time in a way like you could have just like got like had eight episodes and just put a lot of effort into it and made them like eight really good episodes but instead like we'll see we'll see we will 
Well, uh, anything else you want to say about these uh, two episodes of Bad Batch, Christian? Um, no, I don't think so. I definitely had that thought that you brought up of like, so Crosshair has been MIA for a while. What's up with his death squad? Uh, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe we'll see next week. If we get a full Crosshair episode to just like see what's up with him, could be neat. But yeah, I um, where we leave off this week with hunter getting the credits and being like hey we might do more business here i wouldn't be surprised if the next episode or two is like them settling here which would lead to crosshair finding them because they're not moving anymore i think that's where my expectation is for the next couple episodes of like maybe next week we're just in this town again running another mission for sid and then maybe even the episode after we do that, but at the end, Crosshair shows up, and then we have some big conflict because I think that would be around the midway point of the season. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, he's got to show up sometime soon, or else I'm going to lose interest. Honestly, like, sure. Like, not not to be rude. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, where have you been? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just me i'm i'm excited to watch the rest of them i i'm i'm keeping an open mind let's just put it that way sure um well i think that kind of covers it for episodes four and five of the bad batch we'll be back next week to talk about episode number six uh but for now i think that's all that we had here today for jedi knights episode number 83 christian you want to take us out to see sure thing mike where can everybody find you follow me on twitter at mike p connors very nice. You can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Shun2D2, as well as here, youtube.com slash joyclicks. If you're watching the video version of the show, you can check out all the other episodes of Jedi Knights and the Jedi Knights playlist on the channel, alongside all of our other shows, Excelsior, Gamescast, what have you. Uh, if you want to listen to the audio version of this show, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever audio service you use for podcasts. If you can rate and review, it would be appreciated if you did because it helps us out a ton. It just takes a quick second. And if you want to get involved further to help the shows more, you can go to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. $5 tier gets you producer credit on this show and every show like Chris Sackis and Aaron Easton. So thank you very much. And that is This Week in Star Wars. So we will be, we will be back next week, like Mike said, for the next episode of The Bad Batch. And uh, maybe I'll have beaten squadrons by then. We'll see what happens. But let's see. Yeah. Um, until then, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. Beep is up.